This is D2C Journey. We talk to innovative e-commerce leaders driving the growth of exceptional D2C brands. We dive deep into their stories to bring you powerful perspectives and actionable insights so you can build a more successful e-commerce business. Keep up with us at d2cjourney.com. Let's get started. This podcast is sponsored by Reviews.io. Reviews.io have created a platform that helps businesses gain insight, build trust, and manage their reputation through the power of review collection and management. Reviews and user-generated content needn't be costly or difficult to manage, which is why Reviews.io created the most feature-rich and cost-effective Google-licensed review platform on the market. Reviews.io makes it simple for customers to review the product and the company, whilst giving you all of the benefits of review collection, including Google Stars, seller ratings, improved customer trust, more website traffic, and higher conversion rates. Find out more about what reviews can do for your business at www.reviews.io. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, James Lane, and my guest today is M. Pap, e-commerce and digital marketing manager at New Era Cap. M. built her career through both commercial and marketing lead roles, currently at New Era Cap and previously at Gymshark. Along the way, she's also worked with uh, Jack Wolfskin, Optimum Nutrition, Bear Bells, Noco, Biotech USA, and Klarna, to name a few. Her proudest achievement was at Gymshark, where she led the brand's expansion to the Netherlands, which became their fastest growing territory with a stable 200% year-on-year growth and maintained the strongest retention rate for three years straight. She also supported the product marketing team by creating their first localized collection, which led to a 2.0 launch the following year. She is now solely focused on helping brands understand the importance of localization and uniting superfans around the world. And welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, James. Thank you. Great to have you here. So first question, how would you describe where New Era Cap are on their D2C journey right now? It's an interesting one because considering the fact that New Era as a brand currently already exists 103 years, which is phenomenal, to, to be honest. We're actually the new kid on the block when it comes to DTC. As a brand, we are very much known for our wholesale and our third parties. But when it comes to DTC, like direct to consumer, it is, we're basically starting from scratch, which is a massive challenge. We have set up the web shop, I believe, three to four years ago. So this is what I mean. It's it's completely new. The teams are new. It's new to the business. People are still trying to figure out how and where we can make things better and make kind of how does our brand fit within the digital world is the most interesting thing. So definitely the new kid on the block for now. Awesome. Yes, it's it's, uh, it's really interesting. It's it's often like, I guess it's a completely different challenge for a, a brand like, you know, you guys who are transitioning to that D2C kind of world versus new startup brands who are coming there for the first time. It's it's not the same. Uh, it's not the same journey. It definitely comes with its own unique challenges. Cool. So you're focused on localization then at New Era. Can you tell us about what you're doing and, and kind of what your your day to day is like? My day to day is is very vast. There's a lot going on when it comes to localization. I am very lucky enough to actually have been not been. I'm still. Luckily, currently still working with a very regional teams. 
So we have different marketing teams across Europe. So we have a small team that is sitting in Italy. We've got a small team that is sitting in Germany and marketing in terms of digital marketing, but also PR. So I am very fortunate enough to be able to tap into that resource and work together collectively, even though everything D to C in Europe for New Era is run here in the Milton Keynes office. So in terms of the homepage, the channel performances, et cetera, we still work very closely with that team in terms of local knowledge and copy um, content, tips, tricks, feedbacks anything I rely a lot on them which is definitely something I would recommend other brands to do as well but how that kind of looks like on a day-to-day it's it's a lot because my my team specifically we are very tiny like I said new kid on the block so we're currently still very tiny we manage email uh, we manage the marketing calendar the digital marketing calendar We manage the digital content for all channels, homepage, web, and at times, depending on campaign, retail as well, because some campaigns need to align across the board. We also work very closely with our web team, so in terms of web optimization. Cool. So before you joined New Era, you were at uh, Gymshark and you led the company's growth in their fastest growing new market, the Netherlands. Uh, can you tell us about how you achieved that and, and some of the learnings that you, you learned along the way? I came, I started, I came, I started. It's been so long ago. When I joined, when I joined Gymshark, they were looking to expand a bit further into the European market. They were having a great success in Germany already. At the time, Netherlands was still like a shipping threshold on the European store, the European URL that offers different shipping to different locations in Europe. So Netherlands was part of that. They saw the potential and wanted to kind of extract that and build their own Dutch website. And that's kind of when I came along and this is a, a thing as well as starting from scratch. I tend to, to start with, with brands that go back to the basics and start all over again. So we had to build the website, create a, a regional tone of voice that is still alignment with brand. We kind of had to figure out payment methods. That's one of the things I pointed out. It's It's localized payment. We tend to sometimes forget that we live in a world of credit, so the use of credit cards is, is it's common use. People are just used to using credit cards. In Europe, it's a completely different world, especially in different countries. So let's say um, credit card usage in France is a lot higher in Netherlands than or versus Germany. But even so, in Europe, everybody has a, their own debit payment offering. So making that point one, step one, when we launched the site is it was very important to have a debit payment ideal at the time, that's what it's called, to have that active on site. And then looking into other channels, how are we going to tap into one email? How is that going to look like? The email campaigns that were set up by Gymshark were actually relatively the same across the board. They were basically just translated into a different language. So that's kind of where we kicked off first. We kind of wanted to figure out what tone of voice worked because my Dutch tone of voice, 
might slightly be different to the actual audience that's buying into the product at Gymshark. So as a testing phase, a testing phase of tone of voice and automated email and all the campaigns. But that did really well. Then we actually looked into paid channels. Um, at the time, we actually didn't have any backup, like any budget, but that was only because the region wasn't actually that big at the time for Gymshark. So the teams logically didn't really feel the need to actually invest in those markets that didn't really bring anything in. So put that aside, absolutely fine. Let's see what else we can utilize on. And the one thing that Gymshark is very known for is its ambassadors and athletes and influencers and micro-influencers. So then I'd get together with the sponsorship team to figure out who they are, first and foremost, who are our Dutch athletes, what is their footprint within not only the Dutch market, but international market as well. And then figuring out their personality. So what are they good at? You'd have, say, for example, one athlete that was predominantly focused on more of a fit mom kind of lifestyle, healthy, more your girl next door, very relatable. She would be putting a bit more effort into creating hauls, like clothing hauls that performed really well. So how can we then utilize that? Or you'd have a very male athlete that was very fitness driven. So in terms of YouTube or like shopping hauls, he wouldn't really be interested in that. But what he was really good at was actually attracting that male audience that we actually needed through the, our Instagram and his feeds would, for example, perform really well. So how can we utilize that? And then you kind of build a plan around that. That's when you quality over quantity. That's definitely my, my mantra. I know we live in a very fast paced world, but like slow it down, quality over quantity. And then you kind of roll into different aspects, including um, a regional trading activation, for example. So having a discount-led trading activation that was only offered to your Dutch audience. So what would resonate with that audience? And the biggest day of the year is King's Day. So that's kind of where we put our focus on. What can we do around King's Day? Is it, is it discount-led? It's the first time. Let's test it out. And then again, that performed really well. And that's kind of how everything went step by step, got budget. So started to um, incorporate PPC and that performed really well. And our tone of voice evolved. And that's kind of how everything fell into place to keep it relatively short. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Okay, cool. I've got a ton of... Uh ton of things I wanted to ask more about there. I guess I'll start with the kind of cultural differences side of it. So when you are looking to enter a, a new market or a new country, how do you go about learning about those cultural differences and, and navigating them? And do you have any tips for brands who may be looking to go into new markets, but maybe don't have the benefit of you know local knowledge that you have, for example, going into the Netherlands as a Dutch person? As How can they go about kind of learning about cultures that, that maybe they don't know so much about that's actually a pretty difficult question because i've been very fortunate enough in that sense as very as basic as it sounds it's just you read a lot on google you can read a lot of reports on 
native e-commerce, how do you say it, like shopping behavior. There's loads of reports everywhere. I think what helped me as well was the network base that you have. We're living in a world where there's always somebody that's not from your country somewhere, experts that have, you know, relocated to a different country. Our world is so multicultural. There's always somebody in your inner circle that you can kind of have a conversation with. So that's kind of what I'm still doing now. I know I've been bits from Netherlands, but I'm not like an extreme um, expert in the Dutch language or the Dutch shopping behavior or how we definitely not, 100% not. So I still actually try and get as much information from people around me. So I have those conversations or even when I'm at a party, this sounds so stupid, but it doesn't always have to involve your business circle. It's always like stepping out of that. And when there's a party or an event or anything else and you talk to people and you discover that their grandmother's from Germany or they are British, but they grew up in America, it's having that conversation and being open to that, to learn from other people. And then it just combining those two elements. So the things that you read, the people that you talk with, combining that kind of together, gives you kind of like a visual on how it could potentially work. Mm-hmm. But then it's all down to testing because it's also who you, who you are as a brand that kind of influences that as well, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think those... Those people that you meet who maybe are from one country but have spent a lot of time in in another like the UK are often also hyper aware of kind of what the differences are between the two and they're they're often very happy to talk about it. Whereas someone who's born and raised and and in a particular place might not be so aware if you go to them and, and ask about certain behaviours, they might not it might not be immediately kind of apparent to them what the difference is between where they live and, and the UK, for example. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a great tip. So how do you balance, I guess, the global brand and also creating a local community? Because you don't want to water down the global brand too much that it's kind of unrecognizable or there are often sort of guidelines that you have to follow and, and that kind of stuff. How do you kind of strike that balance? It's tricky. I really have to say it's really tricky. I've experienced both cases where at at Gymshark, it was slightly easier than it is here at New Era. At New Era, it's, we all kind of create our own collections as well. So Japan would then create their own collections. US would create their own collections. And then we would create our own collections based on how things actually work in your region. At Gymshark, it was pretty much a global thing. So it made life slightly easier. It is... I think the one thing to stay true to is with here in Europe, we've noticed that we are way more community focused. So it's having that standard of how that brand is and who we are as a brand. That is something that always stays the same. But I think there are like little elements that you can slightly tweak. So for us, it's that community bit is tapping into that community is creating a peak talk series for example where we would reach out to cap collectors in spain cap collectors in denmark cap collectors and somewhere else and do a whole feature around that or try to reach out to local music groups same thing be very creative in that type of community as well i think it's very hard to 
find a balance at time but I think there's always like little tiny bits that you can include that make it a little bit more European or make it a little bit more Spanish and if it's a choice of words if it's choice of content but it's always that little bit of reaching out to community is something that I believe we are very good at doing Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so your your work then with New Era then at the moment, what's your approach to um, localization at the moment and what are some of the challenges that you're finding and maybe what are some of the differences between this and Gymshark as well? Remember me saying about me working together with a team of regional, we don't even have an actually name for this, to be honest. We have regional teams, which are super useful, but I do have to say with that comes a lot of opinions So it's how you're raised or your sense of belief does kind of indirectly affect how you view things, how you purchase, how you approach things. It's something that we not even can control. It's it's just who we are, which is absolutely fine. But it does create a challenge. It definitely creates a challenge to try and accommodate everything, every everyone, and try and like you said, keep it aligned with with the brand. Keep it not to become too localized and not to become like drifting off from where we're actually trying to stay on track on. So I think that's one of the challenges that we're currently facing is we want to incorporate everybody's feedback, everybody's ideas, everybody's ways of working. But because it's so different, because we're working with different regions and different views, it's sometimes very difficult and that's when you also kind of sometimes have to say, I wouldn't say no, but trying to, I don't even know the correct word for this, is trying to... to compromise. Compromise. I think that's just the, the, the challenge that we have at the moment. Okay, cool. Do you have any tips then for brands who are expanding into new markets and they're creating uh, new websites. Um, we often see that when a, a brand does expand, they'll create another kind of instance of their website, for example, a Dutch one, and, and they'll change the currency and they'll change the language, uh, but not much else beyond that. Do you have any tips about how to make each individual kind of storefront feel a bit more localized to the to the market that they're going to? Besides copy, it's definitely content. The one thing I'm, um, we're trying to do at the moment at New Era as well is create that regional content. So say, for example, you have, I'm just going to use New Era as an example. There's a cap collection that features more like an outdoor theme on the side that has like engravings or embroidery or patches of trees or flowers. It's, it's kind of that outdoor feeling. We kind of want to create the content where it's a, applicable to that region so in germany for example they are well known for their mountains and it's and and hiking environment i mean look at jack wolfskin for example it's trying to get that feeling so it's creating that type of content that is applicable that resonates to people in german what resonates to people in german don't necessarily resonate to people in italy they're slightly maybe more laid back or don't quote me on this, they're slightly more laid back, or maybe they prefer short walks instead of long walks. So even in that sense is thinking, how can we then create content? What kind of assets can we create that may be applicable to somebody in Italy? Yeah, beyond that, copy, content, and product performance, which might be a bit tricky at first, 
if you're just launching, it's very hard to say which type of products perform really well in which region and mm-hmm. putting that as your, as your hero. But those would definitely be the things for me, at least, like I said, it's quality over quantity. I would not overcomplicate things, do things step by step. If you've got your currency, you've got your payment, you've got your tone of voice, test out copy, test out content. And then once your website is kind of up and running, looking to product performance. So how do people respond to certain colors as well? What kind of silhouettes, what kind of categories? I mean, for us, hats could be massive, but perhaps in Spain, clothing is more appealing. And then it's again, what kind of silhouette? Spain is more driven to t-shirts. In the UK, it's more joggers. So being very playful around that, being very proactive, showcasing those type of products to your to your consumers. If it's email, homepage, try and be very responsive with that as well. Because I've, I've mentioned before, like we live in a world that is just super quick. So it's finding the balance of quality over quantity, but being proactive as well. Mm-hmm. And always just listening and uh, listening. And, you know, it's, it's obviously not going to be an overnight thing, but you'll no. you'll gain an understanding of, you know, what works, what works where, what, what resonates and, and what doesn't. Exactly. Cool. Final question from me is, have you got any upcoming projects or initiatives that you're working on at New Era that you'd like to share? There is definitely one thing. I'm not quite sure if a lot of people know that we are built off a very popular silhouette called 5950. And we've recently celebrated 5950 day, start of May. Because it's a it's a US it's a US brand, right? Remember us talking about that whole how do you keep a global brand and not becoming too localized and finding that balance? I think this campaign specifically is a great example of it. Because we're a US brand, it was heavily celebrated in the US. One, of course, budget in US is is slightly bigger than here in Europe, but also the fact that it was born there. It was born and created in Buffalo. So the events that were kind of replicated around that was a sense of like the heritage. It was their roots. How could we create something like that here in Europe? How can we kind of create that same feeling, even though customers won't even actually know the fact that it's not, we're not, a British brand, or it's not a German brand; it's a US brand. How how do we how do we do that? So this is kind of where we challenged ourselves this year. We kind of went off the back of US, how they created certain content and their videos, and then we stumbled across a couple of challenges where the videos that were created was slightly more for US audience. It was very college, high school themed kind of video assetry which is something that, yes, we could potentially use over here, but people would not really resonate to it. They would feel like it was part of a movie in some sense. So that's kind of where we stepped in very last minute to think, right, let's create an infographic video that is slightly more applicable to what would work here in Europe. So it was very creative. It was phenomenal um, in terms of edited as well. It just gave a bit of sense of creativity, which is, I think in Europe is something that we're really good at. It's community and creativity. But we did feel that this was a learning for next year. So next year, it's our 70th anniversary 
of 59.50. So this time we actually do want to look into an event. We do actually want to look into creating that feeling also throughout all the channels. How can we give that customer that feeling through email, through our paid, through our homepage, through anything? How can we kind of get that out? So this is kind of what we're working on right now. It's learnings from this year, particularly, and then taking into consideration for next year, we want to strengthen our localization pillar even more. So we might potentially do an event in Paris. We might do eventually an event in Germany. How is that going to look like? But we really want to kind of go big, go home in a way. So I think that's, even though it's over a year, we are having these conversations now because it's so fresh and it is so interesting and we want to evolve and it's an anniversary. So come on, I mean, we want to kind of like, like I said, go big and go home. So that is um, definitely in terms of brand and in terms of localization, one of the biggest campaigns we are starting to kind of work on now. Awesome. Exciting stuff. I'll definitely keep my eyes peeled for, for that. Yeah, I'll send an invite. <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Cool. Um, thanks very much for being on D2C Journey. It's been um, yeah, a pleasure chatting to you and, and learning about your approach. And uh, yeah, I'm sure any brands out there who are either going through a process of um, expanding into new territories or, or localizing their, their product in some way will have learned a lot. So um, yeah, thanks very much for coming on. No, thanks, James. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. And uh, finally, a big thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, I'm James Lane, and we will see you next time. <laughs>